lecture two part three of christian patience by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture two on the nature and object of christian patience part three every inordinate outbreak of impatience vexation or anger is accompanied with sadness and terminates in greater sadness self-love is wounded pride humiliated vanity disappointed and put to shame and sadness follows depressing the soul enfeebling the spirit clouding the mind warping the judgment and paralyzing all generous virtue the tendency of sadness is to brood over oneself and to consider oneself as an ill-used and disappointed creature deserving of better things then the fumes of melancholy take possession of the heart which becomes sullen heavy and bitter and finds a miserable satisfaction in nursing the wounds of self-love in loneliness of soul as though god and our friends were our adversaries in the virulent accesses of this morbid disorder the sad one even imagines that this lonely isolation is a sort of revenge upon others as if they were the inflictors of this bitterness although it is only inflicted by one's own self-love and pride hence sadness is the most selfish of all selfish things and the very essence of self eating and consuming the very heart of virtue the serpent coiled round its slimy self with no other feeling but of self is the image of sadness in itself so long as it lasts it has neither reason hope charity nor generosity we have described this vice in its darker degrees but there are many other kinds of it which if not so gross or offensive are more subtle and less observed but which nevertheless become great impediments to the freedom and generosity of the soul especially in the performance of duty and in the exercise of prayer in his comment on the definition of patience given by st thomas cardinal cajetan gives us these pertinent remarks in your patience you shall possess your soul this possession consists in having the undisturbed and peaceful dominion of the soul but it is patience that keeps away whatever disturbs this quiet possession of oneself and it is in this sense that st james tells us that patience hath a perfect work but whilst cheerfulness looks to what we love and desire sadness looks to what we do not like and would not have and what we do not like we hold in fear and fear is much less in our power than those delightful thoughts that inspire cheerfulness if then we take a morbid pleasure in sadness it becomes far more injurious to the soul than the fear of evil we must not forget that the virtues are connected with each other and that charity is patient but as charity prefers god to all things it must prefer god to all those things that sadden the soul and as christian patience is caused by charity and cannot exist without charity whatever we have to suffer should be endured with patience 
for the sake of the greatest good that is for the love of god and the doing of his will from this exposition the conclusion is obvious charity looks with the cheerful eye of generous love to god as to the greatest and most desirable good sadness looks with the troubled eye of self-love to the things we dislike and would not have thus sadness takes us from the greatest good the good of charity and places us in the evil condition of cheerless and discontented self-love in which the soul feeds on the bitterness of self in a state of privation and disappointment but that this may not happen patience is given to charity that by its power of endurance charity may be protected and the evil of sadness may be kept away from invading the soul there is a sorrow according to god which says st paul worketh penance steadfast unto salvation 2 corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 but this steadfastness implies its patience this is a sorrow that does not depress or sadden but it elevates the mind and brings consolation to the soul it causes no loathing for prayer as the sadness of the world does but attracts the soul to god and only laments those things that separate the soul from him it is the fulfilment of the beatitude blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted but that morbid sorrow or sadness according to the world which as the apostle says worketh death and to which patience is opposed is an animal passion that dwells in the sensual appetite it springs out of irascibility and from repugnance to the evils which it fears and is seated in the flame of anger for the object of sadness is always some temporary evil real or imaginary which is thought to be injurious although offensive to nothing but self-love when sadness is much indulged in there follows a contraction of mind a weakening of the soul's power a dissolving of the heart's strength and an embittering of the spirit which causes restless discomfort and brings forth indignation and melancholy these unhappy feelings generate impatience discontent despitefulness sloth and weariness of heart a certain darkness closes over the mind immersed in the turbid unction of self-love so that the soul sees not her own folly and although the will commonly shrinks in its morbid entanglement from expressing the condition of the soul yet whenever speech is given to it it comes out in some way like this i am not at comfort with myself or i am annoyed with myself or i am vexed with myself or i have no peace with myself or i am thoroughly miserable observe how all this language of sadness begins and ends in self observe also how it points to the drowning of patience in the flood of sadness remark again how it breathes of nothing but wounded self-love mortifying in its own bitterness very much of this sadness comes from fixing the mind on the secondary causes of what tries or afflicts our nature 
instead of looking to the first and most beneficent cause in the will of god the winds of heaven the plunders from the desert and the malignity of satan were the secondary causes of job's afflictions but he in his patient resignation went straight to the first cause the lord gave and the lord hath taken away blessed be the name of the lord the privations trials or sufferings that befall us are either directed or permitted by the ordinance of god and that with a view to our final good and the virtue of patience is given us that we may be able to meet them and profit by them god knows what we stand in need of far better than we know ourselves our trials are the fatherly dispositions of his providence and it is idle to fix our mind on human causes when they are ruled in the results that affect us by the one divine cause they are brought upon us for our probation our correction or the expiation of our sins they are designed to waken up in us the nobler and more vigorous and enduring virtues they establish the soul in discipline by the force of that patience and magnanimity which they demand of us they prove our love of god and our neighbour by the forbearance and the endurance which they call upon us to exert they refine away those noxious humours the products of self-love and sloth that obstruct and impede the general flow of spiritual life they plant in us the ground seed of merit and prepare the rewards of endurance they make us generous in conforming our will to the will of god hence the cheerful endurance of trials and sufferings is a virtue truly sublime reaching its heroic degrees in the martyrs and confessors of god it places us in spirit with christ upon the cross upon that cross which he commands us to carry after him all the days of this mortal life it gives us a likeness and a lot with him in the great work of our salvation which is all included in the mystery of his cross with the exceeding patience of his love for us he suffered exceedingly and our patient endurance of labour and suffering is the greatest proof we can give of our love of god in christ jesus but when we come to those interior trials that touch the very marrow of our life we must apply these reflections in a yet more exalted sense we are made to enjoy god and the soul delights in the first fruits of the holy spirit but we must be purified before we can be sanctified and we must deserve god as far as we are able by becoming more like to his incarnate son crucified in spirit as well as in body those interior aridities and desolations of spirit those anxieties arising from unpremeditated scruples those unsought distractions and temptations that try the patience of the soul are the crucifixions of the spirit and call upon us for fortitude and endurance they reveal our native weakness correct our self-love sweep out pride and levity teach us humility purify the soul of her vain conceits 
put our fidelity to the proof and compel us to have recourse to the remedy of patience for unless we are very patient and enduring under those interior trials sadness will invade the soul will greatly endanger her light her freedom and her charity and bring her under the dominion of the worst form of self-love of that self-love which murmurs and complains in its bitterness and makes prayer a painful and reluctant exercise be it then understood and remembered that the darkness of trial is not evil that dryness of spirit is not sin that confusion of mind is not malice they are invitations to patience calls to resignation beckonings to the healing cross admonitions to be humble and obedient to the will of god faith is asked to adhere with patience to god in the dark but this is the perfection of faith hope is called upon to cleave with trust to the good which though present is neither sensibly felt nor seen but this is the sublimity of hope charity asks in those hours of desolation for the substance rather than the accidents of the love of god for the pure will and desire of love without its sensibilities for patient conformity with christ crucified and desolate for the courageous desire of god without the reward of present delight but this is that strong pure unselfish god-seeking love which is the more meritorious from the absence of present delight the test of this brave and vigorous love is in the earnestness of its desire and in the patience of its resignation yet god is secretly present with the soul and whilst that suffering soul is humbled in the consciousness of her infirmity in reward for her patience she receives a secret strength and peace infused into the depths of her spirit of which she is not altogether unconscious we have said that desire and patience are the proofs that the soul still adheres to god in the hour of interior trial for she will then enter into the spirit of the psalmist be thou o my soul subject to god for from him is my patience for he is my god and my saviour he is my helper i shall not be moved psalm sixty one verses six and seven but when the dark cloud breaks and the sun of justice shines forth anew to the thirsting soul with brighter beams than before she emerges from her trial more pure luminous and firm in virtue by reason of her faith and patience in the day of distress son says the wise ecclesiasticus when thou comest to the service of god stand in justice and fear and prepare thy soul for temptation humble thy heart and endure incline thy ear and receive the words of understanding and make not haste in the day of clouds wait on god with patience join thyself to god and endure that thy life may be increased in the latter end take all that shall be brought upon thee and in thy sorrow endure and in thy humiliation keep patience for gold and silver are tried in the fire 
but acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation believe god and he will recover thee and do thou direct thy way and trust him then to lift us out of fear and disheartenment the wise man sets before us these high motives for our encouragement my children behold the generations of men and know ye that no one hath hoped in the lord and hath been confounded for who hath continued in his commandment and hath been forsaken or who hath called upon him and he hath despised him for god is compassionate and merciful and will forgive sins in the day of tribulation and he is a protector of all who seek him in truth ecclesiasticus chapter two verses one through thirteen but if in our interior trials we lose our patience then we fall into sadness and so become weak troubled and discouraged for as by patience we adhere to god and receive his strengthening influence by the same patience we endure the privation of consolation and resist discouraging fears but if in the darkness and dryness of the soul we give way to disheartening fears and lose our confidence because we are deprived of comfort then patience gives way to impatience and discouragement which open the door to sadness that greatest enemy of hope which loosens the bonds of charity and leaves us in a weak and helpless condition a prey to mortified self-love for sadness brings with it a disrelish of devotion yet the remedy for sadness is prayer if any one of you is sad says st james let him pray st james chapter five verse thirteen but as sadness broods in selfishness and is inclined to rest rather in our own unhappy thoughts than on god the soul turns to prayer with reluctance and therefore in the first instance by an effort hence the saddened one must first turn to god by vocal prayer persevering in which that reluctance will be overcome and so the disposition will be recovered for the recollection of mental prayer and as the sadness subsides the spirit will enter anew into the heart of prayer the second remedy against sadness is to break out of it by some external act of kindness or generosity for the malady consists in a morbid concentration upon oneself and a brooding within oneself that repels sympathy and kindness as being adverse to this melancholy mood a mood that can only be cherished in isolation of spirit but let the will make a little effort to be kind and considerate towards another and it is amazing how soon that malignant charm is broken that held the soul spellbound to her saddened thoughts and imaginary grievances a smile a kind look a few gentle words a considerate action though begun with effort will suffice to open the soul and set the spirit free from its delusion action again in the line of duty and from the sense of duty will enable the soul to throw off the morbidity with which she is encumbered and by the return to more cheerful thoughts 
she will recover her patience as every virtue holds on its way between two vices that bear some resemblance to it the one in excess the other in defect patience holds on its way between the vice of obstinacy as an excess and the vice of impatience as a defect obstinacy arises either from stupidity or pride it looks like patience because it seems to hold its own and to resist what is not its own but patience is reasonable and obstinacy is unreasonable patience resists what is evil and obstinacy resists what is good patience is tranquil and obstinacy is turbulent impatience is the vice in defect of patience when it rises into irritation and anger it is often mistaken for strength but the strength of the soul is in her patience when a man is filled with the impatience of anger from head to foot he will tell you that he was never more calm or self-possessed in his life he mistakes the equable balance of excitement and disturbance throughout his system for calmness and self-possession he is possessed indeed but possessed by an impatience and a weakness that hurry him away from the light of reason and the judgment of prudence into acts of folly the retrospect of which produces sadness charity and patience form the christian character to love god and in that divine charity to love all that god loves is to expand the flame of life in the soul whereby the spirit is enlarged with the communion of eternal good and with every kind of good but patience is the strength and solidity of charity that makes the golden virtue firm and steadfast that keeps back the impetuosity of nature and its temptations from injuring the flame of love and by its discipline preserves the soul in serenity and peace the union of these two virtues into one ardour and strength brings the sweetness of meekness and completes the lucid image of christ in the soul making her beautiful in the sight of our heavenly father when it is considered what a power is given by christian patience to creatures by nature so feeble and inconstant we cannot but see that its origin is divine what a motive for striving to bring its grace into the virtue that gives us the possession of ourselves there is only one evil in the sight of god and that evil is sin sin arises from the impatience that will not adhere to god and keep the will steadfast to his law and commandments but it is the nature of christian patience to rest on god and to hold with firm tenacity to whatever he enjoins whatever else are called evils such as temporal privations trials and sufferings are so far from being evils to the patient soul that in this present providence they are in the order of good they are evils to those impatient souls that make them the occasions of sin but those patient ones derive their power from god to transform the sense of these evils into virtues that enrich the soul and bring her to her eternal good 
the restoration of man to god should therefore bring him back to that patience through the loss of which he ceased to abide in god and in his will but that restoration is accomplished through jesus christ the son of god who exhibited both to his father and to men the perfection of humility and patience from the beginning to the ending of his mortal life the father gave his patience to the son and with that divine patience the son overcame all his enemies and ours and gave that patience to us that by its help we may master our weakness and overcome in every hostile encounter for in the words of st leo the passion of the lord continues still and even to the end of the world as he is loved in his saints and is fed and clothed in his poor so he endures in those who suffer patiently for justice sake wherefore the great apostle sets patience before us as the power that resists the entrance of sin and exhorts us in the vehemence of the holy spirit to keep the patience of christ before us in all its exercise he says to the hebrews laying aside every weight and sin that surrounds us let us run by patience to the fight proposed to us looking upon jesus the author and finisher of faith who having joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and now sitteth at the right hand of the throne of god for think diligently on him that endured such contradiction from sinners against himself that you be not weary fainting in your minds for you have not resisted unto blood striving against sin hebrews chapter twelve verses one through four and to show the great value of trials for perfecting patience and how intimately patience is bound up with charity the apostle says again we glory also in tribulations knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience probation and probation hope and hope confoundeth not because the charity of god is poured forth in our hearts through the holy ghost who is given to us romans chapter five verses three through five end of lecture two part three